0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Small Seed Big Impact Podcast. We hope these episodes plant seeds that inspire big impacts in your life. Shane and I are your hosts. Don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know what you thought of this week's episode. All right, y'all. Enjoy.
1: Before we start the podcast, I just want to thank Rob for making the time and coming on and sharing some of his knowledge with us. Um, as you all know, I hold Rob at a very high regard and appreciate and respect everything he does. So thank you, Rob. Also, I want this podcast to be a testimony that you can make anything happen. Like, all things are possible. If you are genuine, you have the right intentions, and you're just relentless in a non-annoying manner... That you can formulate real relationships. I have no true real reason other than being a good person why Rob would come on with us. So, just think about that.
0: Welcome back to another week. We have the one and only, Shane's man crush, the man who needs no introduction, Rob Bailey. Well, no We're going to do a better intro, maybe. No, you, no that's a good intro. We're good, We're good.
1: Yeah, you know, what I, you know what intro I really like the most, though, is the Rated Red one that you did for yourself.
2: That was a thousand takes. It was horrible. That
1: was, but that's my favorite intro of you.
2: Like, oh, that gives me I, night- I was I'm watching it. To- huh? That gives me nightmares, that <laughs> intro. Does <was> it? That <laughs> was, <laughs> I think that was. It was a full day, and they wanted to do it in one take, so, like, the whole warehouse had to work out to do one take, and it just never worked, and then they didn't even use the one take anyway. <laughs> Dang. You know?
1: Yeah, Well it came out really good.
2: Thanks, man. It was eight, It took eight hours. So, oh my <laughs> god,
1: for literally the intro what is was like thirty seconds. No, it's a, it's like two minutes for the whole thing. But his talking is probably only like forty-seven. <laughs> it took eight hours to film. So that is nuts.
0: Well, that's intense. I guess the man that needs no introduction is better than eight hours of
2: yeah. practice. <laughs> painful day.
0: Okay. I want to. I feel like so. I haven't listened to a ton of podcasts that you're on. But let's let's just know.
1: let's just tell the truth. Holly knows absolutely nothing about you. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know everything. Just, but Holly kind of like runs, runs these things. Yeah, and I'm and I'm. I don't know what I do.
0: You're like my co-host podcaster. You're my co-host. <laughs> He's the one who likes to go on rants and stuff. Um, yes. Okay, so I just wanna. I want to go back. Like, who is childhood Rob Bailey? Like, where did you grow up? What did you? Was your first company your clothing company? What you have a brother? Do you have any other siblings? Like, like bring Uh, us back, like way back.
2: You don't know anything. Um, Yes, I. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in Pennsylvania. Um, I grew up sort of like in the woods. Um, I was a lower middle class, which is like sort of a shitty place to be because there's an upper middle class. All All my friends were like upper middle class, but. Both my parents worked, um, so during the day I had to entertain myself, um, so I played outside a lot, I played by myself a lot, at one point in time my mom taught me how to sew, so I used to like sew things during the day, um, high school I did fashion shows and things like that, but I also played sports, um, I don't know, I, so I was always just doing creative things and athletic things, um, my first business, my, I guess. My first. Well, that's too much. Oh
1: wait, your I, first. Unless on. it was when you were younger, it's too much.
2: We gotta stay. Oh. We gotta stay in your in
1: your childhood.
2: Oh my childhood! I just like went from. Okay, let me think.
1: Um, <laughs> me. We went from seven years old to uh, twenty six.
2: Right, so my first, my first business, I guess. There was like a two mile walk through cornfields to a little store because there was nothing out really by me, and I used to buy. Um, like little, uh, I forget what they're fucking called, some kind of candy. It was like, a, I think it was a Jolly Rancher, but I think they were longer Jolly Ranchers back Oh, in yeah, the day. like the
0: flat, long
2: ones? Yeah. And I used to buy those, and they were only 10 cents, but I would take them to school and sell them for 25 cents. <laughs> and that was <laughs> fifth grade. So I guess that was my first business. That's cool. Yeah. It just took, like, three miles of walking.
1: Do, do you remember, like, your thought process of
2: why you wanted to sell them for more? Or maybe you had the epiphany? I just, I knew that um, I liked, I, well, I was saving up for a stereo, um, like a boombox, and it cost $100, and I didn't know any other way. So I used to do some chores, but my, po- my mom paid me, like, five cents for chore. So I used to take that money and then try to flip that in hopes of making $100 to buy a stereo. I've never told anyone that before, so. Hey. The first business, I guess.
0: Yes. Nice. You got one. I I didn't
2: pay any taxes either, so. You didn't what? Any taxes? Oh. True. That's
0: those are the best kind of business. It's a
2: bigger taxes. Uh, It's in the middle of February.
0: Fuck. So I remember when we were there. You told me like you were always like super funky, like into fashion and all that kind of stuff. What? What got you into that?
1: He's still super funky and into fashion.
0: You it's are. Cool. You're wearing a sweatshirt that looks like he, he got attacked funky. by a bear, so. <laughs> small, bear. A
2: small, friendly bear. Um, <laughs> when did I get into fashion? Um, shit. So I, I, I started sewing, let me think, and I think no one's ever really asked me that. Okay, so I was really into, like, punk rock and metal and um, – I think one of my big inspirations was Rob Zombie back in the day, back before he was Rob Zombie when he, or he was the Rob Zombie, but he's in white zombie. And I think in around seventh grade, when I went to, um, I guess it was like junior high, he used to sew Pat, like he had, he was dope. Like he had patches on everything. The jeans had patches, everything like that. So I know I started sewing um, patches on things and, you know, trying to have like a small, like a little bit of a Rob Zombie look. And then when Jinkos came into style, I didn't have any money to buy Jinkos, but I wanted really big pants. So what I would do is I would take uh, camo pants from the Army Navy, Army Navy store, and I found out if you just split the seam, you can sew like an extra three inches of fabric in the seam, and you'd have really baggy pants. So I ended up having to make a lot of my clothes so that I could feel cool, I guess, because I didn't have the money to feel to, – to, you know – and then I started dating a girl who was in home ec, I guess, or fashion, or whatever the fuck it was in high school. And um, I don't know. I saw her doing. It. I was like, I, "That's what I want to do." So I would do everything normal, and then I would stay a little bit after school and and, and stay in home ec class and and sew. And uh, I realized I could make like hoodies with things that I wanted. So I would like make a hoodie with like a really big hood, um, <coughs> or like bigger pants. Or I made my tux for prom. I made like a white zoot suit and put flames up it. And then I made a matching dress for my girlfriend. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just, I realized that I could sew. And it was, I guess, it, it was sort of simple to me. Like, it was just like, oh yeah, I, I want to make this thing. And I can make it out of fabric. Then I could wear it and express myself. And it just always felt really, really cool. And it was strange that no other guys were doing it. You know what I mean? It's it's not, like guys are in wood shop generally doing the same thing. Or welding and generally doing the same thing. You're just taking two pieces of material and putting them together and creating something and I was just doing it with fabric so I didn't see it as that strange um but everyone saw it as strange so
0: so were you actually in home at like were you in uh, the sewing class in high yeah, school it
2: wasn't called home ec or whatever it was called sewing class I guess like yes, I <laughs> started that I started that in seventh grade oh wow uh, they had that as an option, but you didn't do it for very long. And then once I was able to pick it as like an elective or whatever, and I think ninth grade, I had it the rest of the rest of uh, high school. Did,
1: did they like cycle you in and out of different alternative things like that, like three months at a time to try them?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think as as I got further along, you could pick it as like something you wanted to do like all year. So I chose it just I wanted to do it all year.
1: Can we contact Mama Bailey and ask her for pictures <laughs> of some of your
2: outfits? Yeah, she has them somewhere. Yeah. What we need these. Uh,
0: did you ever sell your clothes that you created? Like, were other kids in your I, school like I those are dope? No.
2: Never, I never even thought of that. No.
1: Were you Were you a, a super outcast though, wearing those clothes, or did people like them?
2: No, I was. I was like. I didn't have any, like, real good friends, but I was in every single, like, clique almost. So I played basketball, so I was friends with all, like, dudes and, like, the, the basketball scene. And then I played football, and I was friends with all, like, the jockey fucking football players. <laughs> um, and then I was totally into metal and hardcore, so I was, like, cool with all, like, the outcast metal kids. Um, and then I was in Home X, so I was, like, or in sewing class, whatever you call it. So I was, like, super cool with all the sewing kids or... Mostly just all females, but um, <laughs> yeah.
0: I wasn't, like, were there real- any other guys in that class?
2: No, it was just me. Yeah, just you. And so I was like, I was, I was so cool with everybody, but I wasn't, I wasn't like super in one click or anything like that. But I feel like that's how you are in real life right now. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not, I don't have like super close best friends, but I'm cool with like everybody. You know? I don't know. The
1: muscle seems,
2: the muscle seems like it's. you ah, like, right. You're right. He's a new <laughs> addition to my life. Like, <laughs> I, I know. I was, I was actually going to talk about that. Yeah, I was he's, not, somebody, not new, um, yeah he's like a, a newer best friend that like I'm not used to having someone like that.
1: Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember reading your post and it was like you with two other people at the end of a dock. And you were talking about how you always felt alone. And then now, now all of a sudden like you found like some people that you got along with that you didn't feel alone. And it was the muscle. But it was really, I was like, this is inspiring. Because I, I always
2: feel the same way. I, don't, I don't, like, have no friends. I don't remember that post, but it sounds good. It, is, it was so, it was like, it hit my heart. Pulled on the hot yeah. spring. Anyways.
0: I was, I You're like, I'm alone or two. I yeah. have five friends.
2: <laughs> I'm okay not having friends. I'm fine. I was alone, but now I'm on a dock and I have a friend. All right. You have two friends <laughs> with you. I don't know who the other person was, but. Okay. Now, now I'm going to find it. I'm going to send it to you. Good.
1: I appreciate that. Uh, you probably deleted it. Like you do your naked selfies that I see you post.
0: Naked? It wasn't one. naked.
1: It was, it was like one <laughs> in the mirror. It was one in the mirror and you're Italian. You're like, oh, I'm feeling this right now. Probably will delete. I probably deleted it. Yeah, yeah you did delete it. it was <laughs>
2: every, every couple days I go back and I look at my feed and I'm like, <laughs> if there's anything I'm embarrassed of, I'll just delete it. Hmm. You know? I'm not embarrassed of, but I do. That's something with my Instagram page is I'm trying to stay very cautious of I want like the first three rows to show you exactly who I am. Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? So like if by chance, Rob Zombie, we just said his name earlier. By chance, if he stumbles on my page, I want the top three rows for him to be able to glance at and be like, "Ooh, I like this dude. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, So if I have like two shirtless selfies up there, that takes up the real estate. So I try to like keep it pretty clean and try to keep it organized to sum up who I am. You know, at, at a glance, who I am, just in case Rob Zombie looks at my page.
1: I like that concept.
2: Yeah. Nice. Does that, is that like photo with caption or just photo? Um, I don't even know what my captions are, honestly. So it's mostly just photos because I don't read hmm. captions either. I assume that. You don't read captions? No. Really? No, not at all. <laughs> huh. Why would I read captions? I, I, I barely like anything. I just scroll through photos and then go about my day. <laughs>
1: Well, if you never read captions, you want to know people who used to kill people and now save people, so it's fine. What? I said, if you didn't read captions, you wouldn't know people that used to kill people, but now they help people. Who's that, you? That's me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All
0: right. Oh, I know.
2: every once in a while I read a caption. I read a caption about you once. <laughs> about me once, I'll tell you, that's fine. It's an engaging enough photo where I wanted to know more.
1: You're like, who the fuck is
2: this tool on the left? <laughs> is that car for sale? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was a 2006 Scion TC. You do not want it. No, Dana had the same car. I loved that car, though. It was really nice. And it was supercharged. It was ridiculous. I can't believe I didn't die.
0: You sound like you miss it.
1: <laughs> a part of me absolutely does. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The worst gas mileage of all time. No,
1: it was fine because it was like a little. It was a little four cylinder, but it was super. All right, don't hear about your all car. Right, whatever. <laughs> Rob cares.
0: <laughs> Maybe I he does. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. So, okay, I want to jump into what you're doing now. I saw a little while ago you posted that you have seven companies.
2: I have more than that. that.
0: You yeah. have more than that. How many companies?
2: I think I fish I think I, I just. I got the EIN number for number ten. I think today. Woo. Congrat! today i think so yeah okay. well, it's just my personal kill rob bailey brand
0: oh that's really it's, cool
2: uh, out the solo album so there's gonna be like a little, little bit of merch that pairs with it so i had to like make a company yeah
0: so what are the uh, okay so that's one okay. flag nor fail
2: i can't tell you all of them you can't no
0: can you tell any of the ones besides real estate yeah. <laughs>
2: i have have flagner fail um i have Lynn bailey incorporated i have no danielin bailey llc i'm not gonna get all of them right um warehouse gym run everything uh i own a record label just to house my record label um i've real estate or to house my music real estate and leasing um can't tell you this one um let me think I own a management company um fuck. Wait, a, a management like a property management company uh so it's they're interesting they're interesting but it's it's just different so being that I have all these brands I have only have one creative staff right right so and then the warehousing I move a lot of that under my management company. Okay. So that I don't have brands that don't warrant full-time employees having full-time employees. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. those those separate brands will pay into the management company and then the management company uh the management company then sort of subcontracts for those brands.
1: Yeah, that's what so, I was asking. So I asked Rags that same question, but he had no idea what I was talking about. But I didn't call it like I didn't call it an umbrella company. I called it a parent company because yeah, yeah, my, yeah. last, my last company, we did the same thing. We established like two facilities, but we made all revenue go to the parent company and then we distributed to the Yes, yeah, so
2: I, don't, I don't do quite all revenue, but like I'll, I'll do like a, a $10,000 payment from this company every single month to cover, you know, everything happening in the warehouse. And then all of the companies then pay to my real estate and leasing company.
1: So considering you don't consider yourself a businessman, where'd you learn to do that?
2: I, I, honestly, I haven't. Um, cool. so like, I still don't quite know what I'm doing. I just, I have a really safe, uh, accountant. Okay. Um, who I bring ideas to. Nice. So I'm like, Hey man, uh, I want to bu- buy this property, but then I want to let my realty and using uh, realty and leasing company use it. The rent that they collect, they'll do repairs on it. And then I want to sell it in 10 years for this. How should I set that up? You know, or, or what should I, I want to buy snowmobiles. How, where do I buy them through? And it's like, oh, you buy them through Real Team leasing. And then when they're utilized by brands, then the brand. So it's, I more or less, I come to him with questions and sort of concepts based on my understanding of uh, tax planning. And he sort of helps me. Um, a lot of times he's just like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> so the cool thing is he's really safe. Um, but that's sort of how I, I've ended up structuring a lot of my companies and there's probably going to be like a large overall restructure at some point in time, but right now it's, it's, it's not, it's just attempting to keep different assets in different places. Speaking of the restructure, can we talk about the warehouse? Oh, building the warehouse. Yeah. So yeah, so I've always uh retrofit into old warehouses and um I don't know what we're on our like fifth or sixth. So right now we have two. We have this one, which is the overflow warehouse, and then the other one, which you guys saw, which is like it was an old steel manufacturing building. But yeah, we're I'm going through my first like uh building process, which I've I've never done this before. So we're starting a thing called Discovery. I had no idea that existed. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, um, it's where like, I give my tentative plans to my architect to an architect firm. um, And I guess they go through they test the soil, they see grading, they see all that stuff, all the covenants, they make sure that like, I'm not breaking rules, and they sort of get it ironed out a little bit better. But they do a lot of research to make sure that like, we're not ahead of ourselves. Hmm. And uh, then they draw up all the schematics, which costs, um, it's a lot. (laughs) <laughs> Just
0: to draw up the plans. Yeah,
2: I, I, so I haven't got the proposal yet, but it's like it's like an estimate. It's um, it's like a percentage of the estimated building cost. So oh, like okay. our, our building is going to be like. So I have <laughs> the land. I bought the land for five hundred thousand, and then the building is going to cost two point five. So we're going to be in three. But like it's a percentage of three million on average. <laughs> so it's like the building plans could cost two hundred thousand dollars. And it's like wait, I don't. I haven't got the proposal yet, so I'm hoping it's not that. But from what I heard him saying, the number that he said, my brain like froze. <laughs> and he lost me for the rest of the meeting. So I don't. I it's my first time. I'm pretty excited, but I'm also like scared to death.
1: I know. I'm like e- even five percent. That's
2: 150 grand. I'm like Ugh, it's crazy, right? I think, he said, I think he said overall it's total like seven percent. And I was like, that seems like a lot. But you know, there's a bunch of things like we need to figure out if we need sprinkler systems. We need to figure out where all the power is at. Like the builders need competent instructions to so I don't
0: know. Wait, it's what just, special, what special touches are you putting on this one? Yeah, that, so, like you haven't.
2: Yeah. Uh, that, you, that you couldn't oh, have in your other ones. So I've never, I mean, when you guys came here, like both entrances were underwhelming. Right. And like, I think we have a bunch of cool stuff going on, but I think when I walk into places, I've never walked into a building where I feel like I'm proud. Um, also like sort of taken the fact that like I'm doing something great. They've always been, like, borderline abandoned warehouses when you, like, you feel sketchy walking into them. And I think with, with getting older and I'm I'm trying to, like, look back, I'm trying to appreciate things a little bit more. So the big thing we're doing is the entrance is larger and we're going to, like, try to set up, like, my original soapscreen press, you know, and have that there so that, you know, we walk through, like, memorabilia that we can appreciate. Um, we'll have, like... Dana's Olympia trophy there. Like I just want things out where I can like look at it and be like, fuck yeah. Like we're doing stuff. Um, Cause we, I've, I've just, I've never really thought about that. And I feel like it's starting to catch up on me because I'm, I'm, I'm so busy running full speed and I don't feel like I'm taking the time to realize like uh, like when my album comes out, I, normally the album comes out, I go to work the next day. So this time it's like the album came out and I was like, no, I'm going to go to Mexico for whatever like three days and actually sit there and be like, no, like this is dope. Um, because I have to start appreciating those things or I, I, I'm, I'm like losing track of why I'm doing them. So that's the special touch. The special touch is the entrance is going to be a little bit more grand. And it's going to allow for some memorabilia, some remembrance stuff. And, and a little bit of reflection to sort of sum up where we've come from and where we're going. Will you have more separation
1: for different companies? No. It's all going to stay in that same kind of like mastermind.
2: All going to stay in the same sort of mastermind. Um, the building's going to be branded heavily Flagner fail heavily, I, heavily Flagner fail. I, Cause I think that Fail fails the one brand out of all my brands that like still has my heart. Um, all the brands have my heart, but that's the one that like, if you <clears> ask <throat> me like, Hey, if everything went away, what would you want to hold on to? I'd be like, mm-hmm. That's the one brand. So that's what the building's more or less going to be themed as. Um, but everything we've we've mapped it out to where everything flows, it all has its separate areas, but it flows a lot cleaner from a from a workflow perspective.
1: That's cool, and that's because flaggnel fail is like your it was your foundation
2: yeah yeah and it's and it's my it's more or less like you know it's it, it sums up my lifestyle, it sums up my mentality um run everything uh it's 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 been a, an interesting journey. I like it, you know we transitioned to all vegan. I think a year ago, I think we finally got rid of like whey protein. I had to fight with fucking everyone here. <laughs> I, I remember um, you. Listen, I remember hearing you talk about it, and you're well, just like, oh. we, lost, we just we lost so much money. You know what I mean? And it it was like we were, we I think we were losing like $130,000 a month by not having whey. Yeah, I would I would say we we were doing maybe maybe on average like $150,000 a month from whey. And the way that I was just the way that I was justifying doing it um, was. All the other products were generally vegan. I think we had some ingredients we had to clear up. But that was the big staple that wasn't vegan. And the way that I was justifying it was, it was bringing in so much revenue. And whey is so fucking cheap to make, dude. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I, you can get whey protein, right? What do, you, what do you sell it for? You sell it for like $40, $45? Dude, they're literally paying like 5 to $6 for that. That big <laughs> fucking tub, like, so the thing was the, the price point on whey was nothing. And you guys buy uh you know the vegan pea powder and all that, like you know how expensive that yeah. is. <laughs> so the problem was we were selling <laughs> vegan powder and we're not making a margin, we're just getting our dicks kicked in. And then the the margin that we were losing on the vegan powder, we were making up on the whey. Mm. I thought it was like, oh well, we have a complete line and we're making all this money over here, but we're putting it into the vegan powder. So it's sort of like I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> and eventually, like, I sort of realized that that was a bullshit way to, to, to reason with myself. And we dropped it all out. So, But, so anyway, Run Everything's been sort of evolving. Um, and it's continuing to evolve, I think, into more of what I want it to be. So you'll see it the rest of the year sort of evolve a little bit more. Um, but it's not quite where I want it. So it's not, maybe I don't love it as much as some of the other brands. But hopefully by the end of the year, I will.
0: Why was it important to you to get rid of the whey?
2: Uh, just I understand uh, the things that go on to make whey. And at face value, you don't see them. But, you know, once again, I follow enough vegan pages. And I, I, I realize how it's such a slippery slope. Because I think that, like, you know, same thing. I had chickens uh, back in Pennsylvania. And I was like, these chickens lay eggs every single day. Like, why wouldn't vegans eat these eggs and then i realized it's like oh it's cuz these chickens are bred to have their period every single day and that's horrible <laughs> and then also i'm encouraging people that like people see my size and like oh he still eats eggs and i'm encouraging people to still eat eggs and they're not getting them from their chickens they're getting them from the places that ground up the male chickens and they keep the females and they beat the fuck out of them so once I really started putting all those together and like really became a little bit more like conscious and understanding, like, i was like, I couldn't ignore it. You know what I mean? Like there's no way that I can, I can pick up my chicken, and tug them and love them. And then at the same point in time, I'd be like, but fuck those chickens. there. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I mean, you know, the same thing with way from dare, like it, it just, it finally got to a point where it was like, I just got it. I can't man. I can't. And, and like thinking how much we were buying and then, like, what that was doing and what that was encouraging the industry. And then realizing that, like, okay, I'll lose $150,000, but it, at the same point in time, it will sort of be taking a little bit of a stand. And eventually, the curve will turn up and we'll make more off the, the vegan protein.
0: Is is every, so all of your other companies are all of them vegan? Like, yeah, all the clothing and things like, things
2: like that? So I'm the only one. Um, I mean, I'm the only one in the companies, but like, my brother has to source and he's constantly like, he just wants to make a blanket. And he's like, dude, can we just please make a wool blanket? Like, fuck. And I'm like, no, man, it needs to be, you know, <laughs> a synthetic <laughs> something. And they, they show up, and they always suck. You know what I mean? Do they? they never, dude, they're horrible. Oh. Yeah. So that's why, like, it, it's just or even, like, patches, you know? It, it's, I appreciate the look of a leather patch, but then to get, like, a fake leather patch, they just never do the same thing. And, um, But yeah, we've transitioned everything out. So, like, everything yeah there's nothing that comes out apparel wise that's not vegan
1: that's cool what's it like working with your brother so wait awesome. actually let's backtrack so he's like he's has he been with you since the beginning
2: yeah so he my brother's like you met. he's fucking cool
0: wait yeah. is he younger or older than you he's younger okay
2: and smaller He's <laughs> he's taller, but he's a little leaner than me. But my brother's cool, dude. My brother's like a really cool dude. He's one of those guys that can walk into a room and he can talk to you for a couple minutes and you're like, wow, I really like this guy. So he landed a temp job um, right out of college, making like $9 an hour. And then he moved up to, right away to a salesman. And he got this super dope salesman job at the age of maybe like 24. Three or twenty-four, making base salary sixty-five thousand dollars a year plus bonuses. So he's making like a hundred grand, working from his house in his underwear. <laughs> and Before it was cool.
0: That's everyone's yeah. dream,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he was living the dream, and I called him call <laughs> one year into Flag nor Fail. Like I'm still struggling, but I probably had at that point in time, I probably had like a running balance of like forty thousand dollars in the um, in the account, okay. to where like. We're still able to buy product, but it's just me getting my ass kicked. So I called him. I was like, bro, you got to come work for me. He's like, you work in like an abandoned warehouse printing t-shirts. And I was like, yeah, man, but like, I'm going to do it. And uh, I remember I told him, I was like, bro, I'll buy you like an old 9-11 if you come work for me. And he was like, (coughs) but he started taking it. It took about like two or three months and he finally came over um, and started working for me. And like, dude, he doubled my sales that month. What did he do? It was just – I just needed, like, another adult there because no I, I was printing. I was, like, helping with customer service. I was packing. I was doing everything. Mm. So I was just kicking the sh- – I was, like, missing easy things, and I, I wasn't able to think a little bit bigger because I was so buried in it, and he just came in with fresh eyes, and, like, he didn't know what he was doing either. It was just another person of my caliber with fresh eyes that could, like, make decisions. And we do – we we just – Literally doubled sales in, in, in the first month he was there. That's incredible. But no, it's all working with him. Because um, there's there's an interesting hierarchy of what he understands that I'm in charge. Like he's – he understands that I'm in charge, so he takes orders from me. But at the same point in time, I respect him enough where if he speaks up, I know that it's serious and I let him – you know what I mean? Almost like a good merit. But I don't want to say that. Do I want to say so, that? It's like, a I feel good like that's merit. the
1: perfect like brother – combination of like the older yeah. brother and little brother like the little brother is always like okay we'll do what you want but the one time he's like hey
2: whoa 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 whoa.
1: you're like maybe i'll listen to you yeah
2: <laughs> and i know that i'm a little out of control like i'm the one that comes up with crazy ideas i'm the one that's like a little more experimental with things um he's the very responsible one so when when a, when a concept comes up um we sort of go back and forth a little bit and it's like whoever wins and normally. <laughs> Normally he come up with crazy stuff, but it's a really really good like we're we work really really well together that's amazing.
0: What about working with your wife
2: she it's good um, there's obviously positive and negatives um, i I would say a positive is and a positive about all this is I get to see them all every single day. you know what I mean um we get to work together uh I can't even imagine like going to work all day and then coming home and seeing her. You know, it, it would be, that, that would be weird. I can't imagine like not being able to just travel with her and do whatever we want. So in that respect, it's really good. Um, she let me take 100% of control right away. So she's always just looked to me, even in like her bodybuilding career and everything, 100% look to Rob, whatever Rob says, that's what we're going to do, which is really cool. Like she's hardcore ride or die. But I think, once again, I'm getting older so I'm reflecting, I think one of the issues was she almost like turned into one of my employees. You know what I mean? And I think that if I could go back, that's one of the things I would have noticed and made sure that it wasn't it wasn't as much of a, always a work relationship and always an employee relationship. Um, we should have had some kind of I'm talking about as if it's over. It's not over. We're obviously fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think,
0: like the separation I think between the our last 10 years,
2: Some kind of separation. Like, like at least one date night a week. You know what I mean? Or we did a lot of traveling. A lot of traveling. But it was always like we fly somewhere, we get to the hotel, we unpack, we strategize for the next day, we go to sleep, we wake up the next day and we fucking murder an event. We go out to eat, we go home and go to sleep and we fly right back. And like the whole time there was literally no difference between like me and my brother or me and Dana, you know what I mean? And I think looking back now, it's like, no, we should have planned a romantic fucking dinner on Saturday night. So that's something that like, we're trying to do. We're trying, I'm I'm trying, and she's trying to take in a little more consideration now is like, maybe we should plan an extra day and just do stuff for us, you know, or now that she has her own company, which she uh, owns DLB daily. Um, I mean, we're partners in it, but once I I let her completely drive that brand, like that is her. She makes the decisions. I help her execute, but like my head's not, I'm not involved in that at all. Does she like that? She excited? Yeah, she loved it. She, uh, she's very good at executing. My big thing is I don't think she's the greatest at like larger scale thinking. So every once in a while we have a meeting and I, I try to encourage larger scale thinking, but I think, unfortunately I've just conditioned her not to think large scale because she allows same thing with my brother. Like she lets me do the big scale thinking. And I, I, you know, it's another thing looking back, I'm doing a lot of reflecting on, I think that I'm, I'm trying to spend a lot of time. Like I'm just always trying to improve. Right. And I think that I've spent the last 10 years, like running full speed and fighting and fighting against things. And I'm getting, Not that I'm getting tired of fighting, but I feel like there's a better way than fighting everything. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to look at everything as a fight. So I think in doing that, I'm trying to look back at the last 10 years, figure out how I do everything, and then the next 10 years, be better at it. So yeah, I'm doing a lot of self-reflection in the last few years, Um, even with everything, even with my physique. Like, I'm 60 pounds lighter than I normally am. I'm training completely different, like... I'm really trying to do everything better, you know? And I think the last 10 years, I did everything very hard-headed and uh, it got me really far. And now if I can mix like hard-headed with with an understanding of how I could have been better, I think that's how I, how I I go to the next level the next 10 years. Is that when you're going to take on Nike and Under Armour? <sighs> Man, I, I, a lot of that right now is like, that's what I would have to do, right? Like I, if if I wanted if i wanted if i wanted to make a run at like a bigger brand like that you know what i mean or if i wanted to, if i wanted to take or fail from where it is to like that next level company i'm fully aware i don't know how to do it you know my mindset um i feel like my mindset i can get to a 10 million dollar company no problem but i think going from like a 10 million dollar company to like a 50 million dollar company i don't my way of working doesn't work for that. So like there's a cap at that $10 million. Then to get to 50, that's where it's like, I need to look at everything different. So that's really what I've been doing the last two years is like stepping back and being like, cool, let's reevaluate and figure out like something as simple as like, what does a three day vacation do for me? Like I don't take vacations. What did you it do like, for you? You were so happy in Cabo. It was dope. Wait, when you it left Cabo, like, I, uh, it, it wiped away all the stress, all the little stress. Like n- no one on my team let stress get to me. And, uh, and I figured out that like, I was able to dream again. You know what I mean? Like I could just see clearer. I could see little issues. Um, and I could dream again. I think I've got, I've got pretty deep into like all the workings of all the businesses and, and everything happening, which I love being overwhelmed and I love having a million things going on, but it it's, I think it's, it's hindering me dreaming on a larger scale. So, I mean, three days, dude, I was just like every single day, I "I have so many ideas. I have so many ideas. (laughs) Um, So I've realized, (laughs) yeah, I should do that once a month, you know? Um, You write any down? Do you like, do you like
1: journals? Are you like a handwriter? or are you like a note writer?
2: Um, I do both, but it always works out better if I write it down in a notebook. So, but I think I need to start doing that once a month, like just a vacation and realizing that like, it's my responsibility for my team, like because I felt bad, like, well, I'm going on vacation and my team's back working, so I'm an asshole. But what I'm realizing mm-hmm. now is it's like, well, no, like if I want to if I want to make this bigger so everyone can grow and everyone has room for promotions and a way up a ladder, I need to dream. And if sitting on a beach in Cabo or <laughs> sitting in a cabin somewhere with no Wi-Fi off the grid helps me dream then that's what's going to allow me to get to the next level. Or if I need to go hang out with a friend who's more successful than me and like be around peers like that, that's how I'm going to grow. So I have to start doing what what was that for you. Me. Um, well, so Keaton does a lot for me, the muscle, um, in the way that he lives life. Like that's, that's how I look up to him is his way of how he processes life, how he values relationships, how he looks at problems. Um, Heavy D is another one for me because he's a lot like me in the fact that dude, he just goes hard and does whatever he wants. Um, I don't even feel like he answers to anybody. Like it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> that was, that was my favorite
1: podcast you've ever done. Yeah.
2: That one was cool. I, I like, I like those guys a lot. I like all those guys. And then even, even like diesel Dave, like his, the way he lives life is amazing. Those three guys are fantastic in all their different ways. Um, Andy Frisella once again, uh, he and I've been great friends forever. Um, The one weird thing is we never talk really business together ever. Like I know that's what he's all about. That's what I'm about, but we never really touch on that. Like we talk about stuff, but never really business for some reason. Um, I've looked up to him for a long time. Let me think. I don't know. Like I haven't, I haven't really made a list. I mean that's a good list. That's four people. Okay, right cool. Up the top There's key. four people. Shit. I, I feel like I need. I feel like I need more people than that. You know. But. Well, I feel
1: like if you. I feel like if you have a handful, that's a lot. Yeah. Me personally, I don't know. Yeah. Like you got to think of five people that are. Uh,
0: more successful, you know, probably 10x
1: what you think you are, you. Yeah. and then yeah, and they have to touch you in a certain way. Yeah. Mentally.
0: Do you want? Like, is your. <laughs> Is your goal to take on Nike and Under Armour? Uh, Is that
2: Fail's goal? It's not quite my goal yet, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, there's, there's a big weird thing. There's, like, there's distribution. There's, there's getting into stores. There's a lot of other things there. And there's also, like, losing the small brand feel, you know? So, like, I don't I don't know yet, you know? Um, I mean, it's like I do a vision board, but, like, it's very hard for me to put things on my vision board because then it's like, well, no, I have to do that. You know? Yes, yeah. like, that was going to
1: be – that was something I want to talk about, that vision board and the GT2 – GT2? GT2? GT2, yeah.
2: So there's things that aren't quite on my vision board yet just because, like, I'm not ready to commit to them. So, like, that's something that, like – same thing. Andy tells me that all the time. like, dude, go after Nike. And I'm like, I'm not ready yet, man. Like, I'm, I'm not there. Um,
0: why, why is it important to you to keep it, like, a small brand feel?
2: I just, I've always loved small brand feels Like I just, I also don't have the desire to have 600, 300 employees. You know what I mean? Like I've had, I've had 50 employees before for Flagner fail. And like, I didn't like it, you know, cause I, once again, I'm not a good leader. I don't know how to structure companies. Um, my brother doesn't know how, um,
0: why don't you think you're a good leader? Like, what do you think the qualities of a leader are?
2: Also, I saw you doing that stuff the other day,
1: team team
2: uh like team building. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, dude. I do I do nice I do nice stuff like that, but I've consistently always done stuff like that. Like I, I know how to do nice things. I know how to good feel good things or like, hey, let's play dodgeball or whatever. But it never really works building the right culture. Um I'm someone that like if you win the championship, um if you win like a a soccer game, right? I'm going to focus on everything you screwed up in the soccer game. I don't care that you won. Cause like I expect to win, but what I want to do is I want to look at what happened, figured out everything we can improve on and let's focus on those things. So it ends up that like, I focused on the negative. So like if I have an employee, they might put together a whole big, great presentation, but I'm like, like I should have seen this presentation last week or, you know, uh, that photo sucks, but I forget to say like, Oh, this is great. You know, that's just not how I operate. Like, I don't, I just assume that everything should be as good as you can. And then let's fix the bad stuff. And I, I, I'm trying to fix that. And I'm trying to get around that as like a leader and a coach, but I just, I can't. Um,
0: so do you think you're good at like reading people? Cause you have a really good team. Like everybody we met there is like obsessed with like they there's like no chance that anybody like they're just like in love with the company and in love with you guys and like everything and they're all like that so there's like some type of characteristic that Mm -hmm. you obviously must find attractive or that you look for in people when you hire people and that alone is like a good leadership or do you think
1: that's
2: what your brands attract or that too I think that's what my brands attract and I think that like the team we have right now is really good but for the size company we are our team should be five times the size.
1: Yeah. I was completely bewildered. You've got to realize
2: that we have a creative staff of five people running all those brands and we have what, 10 people in the warehouse that are shipping out all those packages. And we had, I don't know how many customer service reps you had when we were there, but like we had one, such, yeah, one we had such a small team. And the reason we have a small team is because not many people work out there. So like, I wanna have fifty employees right now, but like I can't find fifty people like the people that I have to sort of keep it together. You know what I mean?
1: Do you think you're locate you think relocating kind of shrunk that no, because in Pennsylvania it That's because all of us East Coast people are cool, bro. East Coast I'm from
2: I love East I'm from Coast. Massachusetts, so I can say that. I love East Coast, man. The thing I love about East Coast is East Coast is like that's that mentality though. That's the, like the fuck you kill everything. They'll kick you in the teeth. It's a, it's all like the harsh weather changes. It's just the mentality <laughs> over there. It's, like, you just fucking rip. Yeah. And that's what, like, the, I like that. Cause that's sort of what like built me. And that's what, you know, sort of gave me my passion and gave me who I am. But there needs to be like, there needs to be a balance to that, you know? And that's sort of, I think why I'm trying to reflect so much now I'm trying to like, I'm trying to have that balance to get better. Um, but no, East Coast was rough, man. East Coast in Pennsylvania, like, that's one of the reasons I moved. There, there ended up just being so much resentment, you know? It's, it's, it's almost like that small town feeling where, like, when you start doing good, everyone's like, fuck that guy. I we were cheering for me a minute ago, and it's like, well, now, you're, now you've made it, <laughs> and now we don't like you. And it's like, oh, okay, cool, fuck. And that's like, I feel like that's, like, an East Coast thing a little bit, too, or, like, a small town thing. So, um, that's, you know, not the the biggest reason I left, but that's one of the reasons I left.
1: I wonder if, I wonder if it's like a, where you
2: come from thing. What do you mean? Like,
1: so like if, if, when I go back to Massachusetts, people hate me because I've, I've grown, I've outgrown where I'm from. Like I've, I've, I've progressed so much that they hate my progression because then they're like, cause they would like be like, Oh, you're lucky and that makes us unlucky, and they don't see it as like work. So, I'm wondering if it's like a where you're from thing. Because here, people don't feel that way. They're like, oh, you're the person who moved to Raleigh and you're
2: established, and like that's what they know me yeah, as. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's not so it, the or... East Coast thing. Maybe it's just like, you know. Well, There's also, also change, right? So, I mean, in, in their defense, in the, the eight years that I was there, like I changed a lot in that eight years. You know what I mean? I went from like, Hanging out, doing whatever, like obviously working a lot, but like being very relatable to all of a sudden being I was very busy and being unrelatable. You know, like, oh, you can't hang out this weekend because you're flying to fucking Dubai. Cool, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that to an extent. But yeah, I think think there is something about moving out of where you're from and going somewhere else. And they're just like, oh, yeah, he's not here because he flies to Dubai all the time to appearances or, you know, (laughs) or wherever, you know. And that all of a sudden makes sense to these new people because that's how they know you. So in 10 years, you're going to have to move somewhere else. <laughs> no, I think I'm staying here. I think I'm staying here. <laughs> Forever? I think so, yeah.
1: Or for, you know, no vision to move anywhere else, I should no, say. I try- I no, I feel like you're not like a,
2: nothing's ever a solid concrete thing. That's, that's, that's why I'm trying to get a little bit bigger so I can get that private jet. And then I can be anywhere whenever I want. Remember, you were talking about that a lot last year. You're like, I'm going to get a plane. Well, I'm, I'm gonna have a plane. Yeah, I'll probably get a plane this year. But not a plane that can take me anywhere. Just a small one. You can learn to pilot on. Yeah.
0: Oh, you want to fly?
2: Yeah. So I have forty hours. I just need to pass my written, and I'll have my license.
0: Oh shoot! That's really cool.
2: Three hours. I'm just really bad at written tests. So where are we going when we come next time? (laughs) Um, So you're gonna
0: get like a little hopper plane?
2: Yeah. uh, Trying to get like.
0: Can you go to Mexico? Where can you go? (laughs) Probably
2: could. Um, (laughs) We're closer to Canada. We should just go there.
0: (laughs) True. 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 Across,
2: Across the border. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I mean I could I could fly to Salt Lake pretty comfortably. Um I mean I could fly anywhere, it just depends how long and how many stops I'd need to make. That's cool.
1: What's that what's that like thought like? Do you think about that yet or no? What? Like that you can just fly places.
2: No, I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> far on the
1: you're not taking that. Oh, yeah. I live that way too. I hate that. I'm like, if it's not here now, I don't have yeah, it.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm only thinking about tomorrow right now, unfortunately. Especially with the vlogging, dude. The vlogging, like, because I really have to structure my day because there's like other people involved now, and uh, I have to make it somewhat interesting. I can't just like bury my head in work. So now, like, it's weird, but it's cool. So like, I'm, I feel like that. I feel like you buried in work would be funny. Well, no, it's not. I'm just quiet, and angry. <laughs> it's not funny at all. Like, yeah, Dana's just like, so you're going to stay here? I'm like, I'm busy. Like, okay. And then that's it. That's, that would be the whole video. It'd be hard.
0: <laughs> you we should start it that way. way. <laughs> and then like
2: fast forward eight hours back in the gym. Yeah. That'd be kind of funny. Maybe.
0: I mean, that makes, how long are you going to do your blogging for? Just a month or yeah, just a month. until well, you're I'm sick gonna, of it? A, a, month? a month
2: right now. So I actually found a content creator, um, a kid who does video once again. I don't know if you can even hear me right now, but he's not as good as Carlos, like as far as like skill set. But is this Cody? Cody, Cody? No? No, You're no, kidding? he's a photographer, Caden. I just hired a new photographer. Katie? Uh no, this is this is Jake from Pittsburgh. Oh. You don't know. Hi Jake from Pittsburgh. Right. He uh
0: That sounds like whatever from State Fire <laughs> yeah, right,
2: right. Sure, sure he, sure sure he loves that. Um, that, like, name got sort of low-key ruined. But you know, the <laughs> one thing that, uh, watching his videos is that they're not very, like, the edits aren't over-the-top or amazing, but he understands what people want to see, you know, and he understands mm-hmm. concepts. And even right now, like, if I'm trying to figure out how to, like, close out a video, we'll drive here, and he'll ask me, like, like, he asked me today, he's like, well, why are you doing videos? And I was like, well, I'm trying to spark people and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, so you're not trying to give people – you know, step-by-step information, you're trying to inspire people. So let's focus on that today. And I was like, oh, like he, so he he brings the intelligence side. Plus he can edit. Um, What do you want to inspire in people? So it took me a long time to think that I could actually do it. Right. So I think that I always looked at people and I always assumed that like, oh, that's a businessman or I can't do that. or I can't do that to that level until I was like 25 or 26. And then I actually got like the spark to do it and realized that, a lot of times when you want to do something, you just have to try. You know what I mean? Like I don't know about you guys. Oh, but like I don't know if either either of you have gone to culinary school or done any of that to, in order to make bars. No. But no you I just tried my hire. I got thrown yeah, exactly. straight into another company. And yeah. I think that I think that a lot of people think you need to do all these things to do something. You know what I mean? So like real estate I'm now buying properties all the time, and I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. You know, <laughs> I'm putting out my first solo album next in three or four weeks. Thanks, man. And like, oh
1: yeah, new release
2: in what? What? Nine days? Eight days? Yeah. Eight days? Yeah, eight days. Uh, there's a me? Out.
1: But I'm so excited. So then, like, <laughs> I don't. Uh,
2: I don't know how to release music or make it gain traction. Um, I don't know how to build a <laughs> warehouse. I don't know how to do any of these things, and I think that like. Not only do I want people to see me training different, doing exciting things, and then get inspired, but also realize that, like, oh, he's an idiot. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, if are do one idiot. thing, I think it's just show people that, like, I'm just a regular dude. You know what I mean? And but you're not. <laughs> I'm a regular dude. Yep. You have. I have some experience. You, but, right. But I think, I
1: think everyone is a regular person on a base level, but you have uh, internal drive that is
2: irregular. But that's all it is, is internal drive. Right. But like, so that's the tool. That's the the passion is what people need. Yeah. But everyone's passionate about something, right? Are they that fucking you have to be, dude. I think (laughs) like (laughs) if you really dig into somebody enough, you can figure out what they're passionate about. Or they're just afraid
1: from like constant failure. Or there's
2: a blockage to realize what they're passionate about. You know what I mean? That's what they're really, there's, there's a fucking blockage. And I think that like, same thing in my videos, if, if someone can watch and be like, wow, he's really passionate about X, Y, and Z, maybe I'm passionate about something and even start thinking. So like, that's all the videos are trying to do is, is, is some kind of spark, you know? So even if someone's not passionate about something, maybe they can accidentally stumble on one of my videos and be like, this dude's so, doing so many things. What, if I wanted to do something, what would that thing be? And at least ask that question.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a great message. I'm always amazed I'm always amazed how many people that know you and then I'm, I'm equally amazed how many people don't know you and I'm like, how the fuck do you not know Rob? It <laughs> blows my mind. I'm like, I feel like you're just everywhere but and like clearly it's my bubble and my world. It's your bubble. So it's like, your bubble. What? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows you. But, like, but at the same time, there's a ton of people that do know you, which is amazing. Like I've had, so when I was when I was in Montana, I had people that, so like where I'm from, people don't like me for obvious past reasons and that's why one of the reasons I had to leave. But I had people I haven't seen for 15, 20 years would be like, oh, I saw you on Dana's story. I thought that was you. And, like, message me and DM me. And they're, like, trying to be cool with me. I'm like, bro, we're not fucking cool. But anyway, but I'm like, it's cool that people know you guys. Yeah. But they know you. I feel like you, this past year and a half, have fit, like, I don't know if you came, like, more into yourself or, like, hit your niche or are just embracing yourself more. But you, Rob Bailey, is becoming a thing and not just flag nor fail not just run everything okay. and not just date. Yeah. Which is... Yeah so fucking exciting.
2: Thanks, dude. And that's, and that's all the pieces of it. You know what I mean? Like I need to let my team do a better job. You know, I need to let Austin do his job. I need to let Drew do his job. And I think that like, I'm such a control freak that like I had my hands on too many things. So that's part of my whole growth process is realizing like how I let go of some things, let some people excel at what they're good at, and then also figure out like what I need to fix in myself. And same thing. I think that started around the time I came to Montana, maybe three years ago. So I think I'm I'm now sort of starting to hit my stride a little bit with it all.
1: I love it. Well, I'll say it's not in vain because you are – the old you is the me currently, oh, yeah. and I'm going to do it in <laughs> half the time that it took oh, you yeah. because I get to watch you do oh, it. Yeah. So it's worth it, just one person at least. But there's probably billions. I don't know
2: about – In 10 years, there will be billions. Oh, my goodness. Maybe. Come on. Where's your reach? Maybe. Billions seems like a lot. Holy shit. You don't, really? You think so? Billion? Well, if you think of like, what's that thing where like you affect the three people, those three people affect three people. Oh, oh like, yeah, for sure. yeah. Is that butterfly effect? You, no, what is that? Uh, that's
0: like called like a person's name, like a famous person's name. I know, <laughs> but it
2: but that's, it Kevin Bacon know what called.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Yeah, what is it? It. it is. It's, it's Kevin Bacon and you can like oh, yeah. type yeah, in yeah, anyone if yeah. he like somehow so is really different. absolutely
1: you'll affect a billion people in 10 years. Wow, thanks, man.
0: Or probably already have
1: yeah definitely close.
0: what was that like letting things go <laughs> oh wait it's getting really okay i do want to talk about the veganism stuff okay. because that's like close to my heart and that's we're trying
1: to keep them around an hour but clearly i'm excited like, do you have
0: anything else that you want to
1: no we'll talk about veganism wanna... i'm gonna i'm gonna bribe rob back with more bars oh, you so we can do this again it <laughs> so it'll be okay all right Oh, well, actually, I just want to talk about manifestation really quick. Okay, yeah,
0: go, go.
1: Um, just because it's something like the vision board and like creating things into existence is something I truly believe in. And two things. A, the deal, it was really funny about the DLB and being chosen by Rags and Horro to come up, Brandon. On my vision board, I have it above my computer. I have a picture of Dana from one of the card stocks that you give it out with flag Phil. it's like do you want to train with Miss Olympia for the DLB and I put it on my vision board because it's hard to find pictures of you you gotta put more pictures out <laughs> by the way yeah. but I'm like I put it there because I'm like I want to meet Rob this is like it was my goal for 2019 20? no, 2020 it was for this yeah, year yeah, you
0: said it I have before. a couple
1: of goals like model for flag Phil. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> um, but I put it there I was like I want to meet Rob this year this is like I want to do it um, and I stared at it like every day, and obviously, like emotion when you see things is why vision boards work, in my opinion. Yep. Um, and then I literally, I man, I wanted, to, I wanted to meet you, but I manifested what it said on the paper. I got to work out with Damon. Uh, exactly. And it was just like a. To me, I was like, that's such a funny thing that I accidentally manifested something <laughs> on my board you something else. Um but also when we first launched the podcast, episode one, I was like, I'm gonna have Rob on here by this was before we were kind of like as cool as we are now. I say that we're friends, but (laughs) we're friends. Um I was like, I'm gonna have episode and I was like, episode twenty three. And currently we just launched nineteen. We usually go twenty. We launched twenty. We're usually two weeks out in advance, so you're gonna be episode twenty three. Oh wow. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm like a big believer in that type of me too. I I don't like the word law of attraction because I think it's like baloney people just blow out of like proportion but the manifestation absolutely the thing like law of attraction itself quote unquote
2: but no and i think that's i think that's what it is and i think that that's why a lot of people that are negative and a lot of people that uh who's it who is it so that's dana every so there's austin hi dana austin and jake are here and they're walking around very calm and they're like trying to be (laughs) super quiet and then dana just sort of like stormed right through Open the doors, shut the door, doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Wait, did, did Rag tell you he's coming on the podcast too? No, he didn't tell me he's coming on the podcast. He is. I just told him right all now. Right. All right. We'll <laughs> be ready. But no, I think the law of attraction too. And it, it all goes into like the mindset, you know. What I mean, so there's people that like, and that's some things I try to change, which when you're like, Ooh, how are you? And people are like, Oh, I'm tired. It's like you're not actually tired. You just fall, you fall into a rhythm of saying that, but then eventually you are tired, you know? And right. I think that uh if you think things suck, it's it's all that. It's whatever you put out, it it always comes back to you.
0: What got you into it? Uh, what was uh, like I was, your transition I was 310
2: like? pounds. Um, and I want to start dieting, so I started dieting to try to get down so I wasn't a big fat asshole anymore. Um, well, my team told me they were like, You're gonna die. So we need you to start losing weight. So I was like, all right, so I started dieting, started paying attention to my my, my food more. And um I had a chicken that was an asshole. His name Oh, he didn't even have a name because he was so mean. It was a rooster. <laughs> And he used to jump on the goats and peck the goats. And I was like, oh, it's like, fuck this fucking rooster, right? So I went and I chopped his head off and I took him back to work because I thought it was an option. I thought it was an opportunity to show the work that goes in. You guys frozen? Nope. I said that I killed a chicken. You guys got super upset and got frozen. So <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> All around the same time, I saw a photo of Brandon Lilly. And it was Brandon Lilly, like, shirtless at his biggest. And then on the other side of the photo, it was everything he ate one day, right? And I was like, man, like, motherfucker, for Brandon Lilly to be alive, a cow has to die. Three chickens have to die. And, like, I started adding up. And the math in my head felt wrong. Like, it was like, wait, so for one person to be alive like four animals a day need to die. I don't know if there's God. I don't know if there's anything, but like that math seems wrong. Right. So I brought the chicken in and I wanted to show my staff. Once again, I don't know why I was doing this, but I wanted to show my staff the labor in cleaning a chicken and breaking it down so you can eat it. Right. And I brought it in and I was, I was showing them, but I guess I also saw myself like, Hey, here's how long it takes the feathers off and here's blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of it, I was like, and this is all you have. And then you eat four of these a day because you think you're a tough bodybuilder. Like, so that really is like where I dropped out all meat and I just started doing fish. I saw phenomenal results. And then a lot of the vegan community started like making videos about me and like, Pushing on me to be vegan, so I, it's, I started to get in my head, and then I saw a fucking video. I saw a fucking video. You know the video where it's it's the big metal contraption, and like the cow's head goes, the cow's front of the body goes through it, and then it like twists it upside down, and they cut. Have you seen that video? Yeah, yeah. Fucking horrible, and you can see like so- you can see every ounce of fear on. The cow's face, like it, it's a fucking worst shit ever. So then, that was like my ammunition of whenever I got a craving, like I knew it was my responsibility to be like, oh, let me just look up that video. Oh fuck, never mind. That cravings, <laughs> like if you're one of those assholes out there, is like, mmm bacon, mmm bacon. Fucking watch a video of pigs getting slaughtered, and every single time you smell bacon, watch that fucking video. That association goes away so quick, like fucking gone. So. I started to do that. And one day I was eating sushi. All of a sudden I was like, who am I, man? This, it's the same shit. Like this salmon, I don't know fucking salmon, but like it's this, it, ha- it all animals, it has to be the same. So I stopped that. Then I did the whole thing where I held on to eggs and dairy for like another six months. And the vegan community and people that weren't vegan were like, oh, the only reason you're still 260 is because you're doing eggs still. If you stop doing eggs and you stop doing dairy... You're going, I think you're going to be tired all the time and you're going to die. And I was like, yeah, fuck that! like, I'm not dead. I've, I've been doing this for a year and I stopped everything else before to prove it to myself, you know, and be like, well, what really does happen? And then dude, like six months into being vegan, I was like, oh, now I'm mad. Now I'm like, now I'm actually pissed off that like for my whole life I've been lied to. And like, I was told that like, if you don't drink milk, your bones are going to break. And like, <laughs> Don't eat fucking meat, you're gonna get small, and like all these things. And that's where I really started to like put all the pieces together six months after being vegan and sort of be like angry um about it all. And then that's what sort of like adjusted how I'm operating in the world of like trying to be a, a vegan influencer without being like a typical vegan influencer. Like I try to stay like super low-key with it. Um Cause like the same thing, I find myself in a situation a lot of times, like backstage with the diesel brothers, um, the diesel brothers, Andy, Sean Whalen, like dude, the, we are we all backstage. And like the vegan conversation started. Right. And you know how it goes. Everyone's like, Oh, you fucking, the other fucking pussies or whatever. And I am like, I'm, I'm vegan. and they're like, really? And all of a sudden, based on my stature, based on like the respect and based on the fact that I don't push it, I have all these powerful dudes be like, well, what do you like? So you're actually vegan? Yeah. <laughs> and you see them start to think because all of a sudden they realize that. And then, like, one of the other things on my vision board was being more comfortable with my clothes off. And then, like, whatever it was, 15 minutes later, uh, Heavy D said something about, like, hey, Rob, like, you dress so cool. And I was like, oh, try on my outfit. And I took off all my clothes. And I'm standing there and, like, my box creeps. And there's, like, Everyone's there with their wives and I just saw it and everyone was like, why does the vegan dude, why is he looking (laughs) in the fucking room? You know what I mean? And I, I, that's the way that I want to do it. You know what I mean? I don't want to be super intense because I think during my transition, the people that were super intense, they just shut me the fuck off. I was like, oh, fuck Mm -hmm. this movement. Fuck being, fuck having a title on me, all that shit. But it was the, it was the super friendly dudes that I could relate to a little bit you know what I mean? Once again, I I forget his fucking name because I only know his Instagram name, but he was out of Florida. He was a lawyer. And like, I felt comfortable calling him and be like, Hey man, like if I'm vegan, what do I do with all my shoes? And he was like, dude, you still wear your fucking, what do you mean? What what are you going to throw them all out? And I was like, well, like, I don't know, man, I have leather shoes. And like, I I bought a house and there was this leather couch. And like, what do I do with that stuff? He's like, you fucking use it. Like, what do you you mean? I was like, I don't know the rules. Like, he's like, no, dude, the rules are whatever you want to make the rules. Like you do your fucking best. Don't buy new leather couches, but if you have an old leather couch, like you don't have to throw it out. Just don't encourage it moving forward. And I was like, Oh wow. Completely different than some of the hardcore vegans that were like, like telling me I was a fucking asshole when I was going to get cancer when I was trying to make my transition. So Anyway, that's my little that's my story of how I got here. And I think I I think it's been four years now. It was New Year's, but I don't remember what year. I think it was four years ago. Four. Well, it's also confusing because like people are like, so you don't eat any meat at all. And I'm like, well, no, I haven't had meat in like Yeah, you haven't had meat in almost five years. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, So what do you mean? And then you have to explain, like I know. You did you did like this
1: gradual transition, so I could see where it gets like a little wavy.
2: Yeah. Which I think is the best way to do it.
1: Yeah. I was I did like my whole personality is very instant, so I just did, like, I'm going vegan,
2: click overnight. Which is dope, but I think that the danger there is, like, this, the whole Game Changers movie, I've had so many people be like, I saw Game Changers, I went vegan for a week, and I didn't know what to eat, so fuck that. And it's like, well, <laughs> well I'm the sorry. transition it was easy, like, it was it was easy to be like, oh, I'll just have the fish on the menu, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then, like, after that, it was like, oh, I'm in a diner, when, if I would just cold stop, it would be like, so what do I eat, potatoes and potato but i was like oh no i'll have i, I can still have omelets you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then like it took me a while to realize like okay so what's the hack around that and what's the hack around this and it, it gradually gave me time so it didn't just like dead stop my life no yeah i think you know I, mean? I think it's wiser to do that i'm just very uh which is dope you obviously did really
1: well with that i guess
0: and i we Dude. eat heavily plant-based <laughs> anyways before so it was like an easier transition for us
1: yeah yeah i'm just kind of like I have one Holly and I both are just kinda like once we decide food. something, we can't. There's like there's I'll starve. <laughs> there's no food, I'll starve. Anyway, yeah but we don't want to keep you long. I know you gotta run your five K. I oh, appreciate all of your amazing time. And oh. you know, dealing with the hassle of it starving. Yeah, sorry not. That's no, fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to tell the people?
2: I'm doing daily videos right now. Oh yes. I know that's all I want to tell people. That's cool. Yeah. I'll post it. a I'll comment. Yeah. Give me, give me, uh, tell the, tell the people that listen to just go give some feedback, watch, let me know what they want to see, because that's the big thing is this does take a lot of effort doing these daily videos in addition to everything else. Um, I mean, Jake here, it's what he's doing, you know what I mean? And if, and if people don't care and I should just shut up, which is reflected in the views, then I I, I'll just focus. I'll try to do something else, but I want to know where I can add value. So cool. Even if you think I shouldn't do videos anymore, go watch a video and then tell me if I should keep doing videos or I should stop, or tell me how else you think I could add value. I think they're a great 10 minutes of your day so
1: everyone should watch them.
0: Yeah, I like That's how they're great. short. Like, I like how they're short.
1: I, like not- yeah. Yeah, they're, they're- yeah. I think 10 is the perfect, the perfect number. Yeah. Right. yeah. We'll throw them on our stories and tell people to go.
0: <laughs> Check it out.
1: <laughs> pick some, I have some influence. Not I mean, not a lot. No, you do. You do. Yeah.